This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. You are listening to On The Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello, and welcome to On The Daily, a daily fantasy sports podcast brought to you by Rotoviz Radio. My name is Matt LaMarca. You can find me on Twitter at Matt LaMarca, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Anthony Amico. He is uh, also with me on the Laying the Points podcast, and you can find him putting his coaching expertise on display each week over at the Action Network and Fantasy Labs. Uh, Anthony, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good, Matt. I mean, it's uh, another week of fantasy. Last week, I kind of took the week off uh, of DFS. I only played a little bit just because, uh, you know, I had some personal stuff going on. But we're back this week. I'm ready. I'm excited. Uh, you know, and hopefully we win some money. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Unfortunately, no Matt Jones this week. Uh, He's dealing with some dad life stuff. You know, uh, Jackson just, uh, I guess, had to get some shots today. And, you know, Matt's got to be with his little boy. So... Uh, we, we obviously understand that, and uh, we hope everything is okay with him moving forward. Before we get into the show, I'd like to just mention you can get a 30% discount to the Rotoviz uh, subscription, sorry, through the podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com slash podcast. We also have launched a Patreon account. That's patreon.com slash rotovizradio. That helps support our 10 weekly podcast during NFL season, including this one. And becoming a patron gets you access to our new live show, which airs at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Sunday during the NFL season. All right, before we move into Week 10, let's go over some results from last week. Uh, Congrats to Matt Pelkey, who took down our Listener League. He faded Todd Gurley, who was owned at over 50%, and really for the first time this season didn't smash. And that allowed him to get in Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Travis Kelsey and and DeAndre Hopkins, all of which had just really big weeks. So uh, shout out to Matt. Nice lineup construction there. Uh, Also, the Mans with a little top five appearance. Shout out to the Mans. Uh, I know a fifth place finish doesn't move it for a 
DFS professional like the man's, but uh, I really liked his team. I went through it. I thought there were some sharp plays in there. Uh, he was really the only person that landed on Keenan Allen, who had a huge week, could have had an even bigger week potentially, but I thought that was a really nice play and a nice lineup from the man's. I'm sure uh, if he continues to grace our presence in the Listener League, he will take one of these down eventually. Uh, now, what everyone's been waiting for, the results of the three-man competition. Why is everybody waiting, Matt? You Why know, is everybody so excited this week? All my fans, they've been waiting for this moment. I'm on the board, baby. Uh, I, I got my first win of the season. only took me nine weeks. But that brings the overall standings to four and a half wins for Anthony, three and a half for Jonesy, and one for me. Uh, these guys won't admit it, but they're scared. They're scared. Uh, Anthony, do you, do you want to admit that you're scared to the podcast world? No, I mean, I think we had a classic Julio Jones situation here. I mean, Matt was going for the 2,000 yards, zero touchdown season, uh, but now on pace, you know, back on track. The regression is hitting. I think uh, a couple more wins probably will come. I hope so, because it, <laughs> it was tough to stay uh, with it through those first eight weeks. But uh, the big difference was I had Michael Thomas in my lineup who – went for over 40 DK points that made up for a subpar decision to roster Adrian Peterson. Um, I ended up squeaking it out late against you. You had, you know, a lot of pieces in that Rams game with uh, Cooper Cup and then Alvin Kamara, both of whom were nice plays. And I thought that it you were going to take it once again, but uh, some variants finally broke my way and, and Thomas was able to rip off that one last long touchdown which kind of put me up over the top so i uh, don't want to dwell on it too much as much as i may like to <laughs> but uh yeah let's i'm trying to get back in this thing and, and hopefully this was the first step all right let's get on to week 10 uh we've got a nice little week here i think and we will start as always with the quarterback position uh, i feel like we have to start with patrick mahomes this week anthony the guy has just been absolutely dominant, uh, at least 30 DraftKings points now in four straight weeks. And now he gets a matchup against the Arizona Cardinals, uh, who have not been good this season. Mahomes is like a 17-point favorite, 16-and-a-half now, uh, but the total, but they're going to have the highest implied team total of the week at over 33 points. So he's expensive at 7,200 on DraftKings. Are you considering using him at all in cash games or... Will you be going a little cheaper? And is there any reason not to use him in guaranteed prize pools? Yeah, I think this is the first week in a while where I'm just not going to consider Mahomes in any format. I mean, you know, I like to keep my quarterback pool pretty tight. Mahomes is a guy that usually makes it in there just because of the obvious upside. Uh, but I think this week I'm going to take a week off of Mahomes. I mean, uh, huge total, uh, not really uh, – sorry, huge uh, spread. We're not really sure maybe – uh, that Mahomes even needs to throw the ball that much uh, due to the game script. Uh, but the Sammy Watkins injury and absence, I think, is going to matter a lot this week. Uh, you know, if you look at kind of what Mahomes has done this year uh, in terms of fantasy, uh, one of his worst games of the year came, uh, you know, against the Denver Broncos when Sammy Watkins was injured. So I actually think that Watkins is pretty important to what the offense does, even if he doesn't always put up, you know, monster fantasy totals himself. And I just think this is a really a good week for the quarterback position. I mean, I know we say that probably uh, quite a bit, but we have a bunch of big spreads. We have a lot of really good offenses against bad defenses. I'm not really sure 
I'm really sure I need Mahomes this week, and that's coming from you know number one A plus Mahomes fan. So I, <laughs> I think uh, I think this week I'm just going to take off Mahomes. Yeah, and for what it's worth, the Cardinals are a difficult matchup. Uh, Mahomes has the second lowest opponent plus minus in the fantasy labs models. So that is one uh, red flag sort of working against him. But I mean, other than that, he does kind of check all the boxes, right? He's playing at home, big favorite, big implied team total, all things that are historically good for quarterbacks. So uh, I'm not as bearish as you. Like I'll definitely have some exposure in tournaments, but I do agree that in cash games, at least, there's there's really no need to go up to 7,200. All right, let's go to the to the opposite end of the spectrum because Josh McCown will start this week. He's at 4,300. Uh, we've talked about some cheap quarterbacks in the past, but this is probably the cheapest starter that we've had in a while. Uh, the Bills have been good defensively. Are you willing to roster Mahomes in cash games at 4,300, or is it a spot where you're looking to stay away? I mean, yeah, if I can get Mahomes at 4,300, I'm, I'm all in. Oh, is uh, that what I said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, McCown, I think, is is in play. I'm not positive that he has to be the play. I mean, I, I think one of the, the growing themes all year is that you want upside at all positions where you can uh, I think Ma- I think McCown has a really safe floor. I think he's probably a better quarterback right this moment than Sam Darnold is. Agreed. Uh, so, like, especially if all the dudes are healthy, you know, Robbie Anderson, who he had a great relationship la- with last year, Quincy Anunua. Uh, if those guys are healthy, I definitely think that McCown brings a great floor. But I'm still not positive that he presents, like, 25 to 30 point upside uh, in the matchup. Because, like you said, you know, Buffalo's defense has been pretty good. Uh, so, for that reason, I don't think he's, like, a cash lock. But this is like by far the cheapest quarterback that we've been able to consider in a while. I mean, I feel like the difference last week between like the best quarterback play and the worst quarterback play was like a thousand bucks, maybe you know fifteen hundred or so. Now there's we're talking about two thousand dollar gap between McCown and Mahomes, and I, I don't really love or I, not not Mahomes. Sorry, like that next tier. Like right. I'm not sure I love like a ton of the value on the slate. I think we'll talk about some good value plays in a little bit, but it really. It kind of depends on like how many studs you want to fit into the lineup this week. You know, if you're trying to go stud heavy, if you think this is a good week for for top plays, uh, then you're going to play Josh McCown. Uh, but I by no means do I think that it is necessary. Yeah, I, I can't do it. I mean, I get all the arguments, but if it wasn't against Buffalo, I'd be more interested, right? Like, sure, this game I think just projects to be pretty gross. Uh, the t- the total on this game is only thirty six and a half points which is the lowest of the week by nearly 10 points. So I just don't think we want to go crazy targeting players in that game. So um, I'd probably be more interested in Alex Smith, who's only 5,300 if you want to go the cheap route. I mean, that is $1,000 more, but I just think the potential game script against Tampa Bay should be much better than what McCown sees against Buffalo. So uh, like even if Buffalo does somehow get up to a a big lead. Like I don't see Mahomes or uh, McCown being able to, uh, to pick them apart in garbage time. Like there's really no scenario in my mind where McCown has like this monster week. So I I will probably, you know, not have, you know, like I'd rather play Blake Bortles at 4,900 if he's active or Marcus Mariota at 4,700 if he's 
uh, active, which I don't see why he wouldn't be. So, like, I still don't think we need to go to that that 4,300 tier. I think there are still cheap enough options that we can get some better upside, like you mentioned, by just spending a little bit more. Um, all right, let's let's focus on some of the guys in between now. Uh, who who are you sort of eyeing on for cash games if you're not going to go you know to one of the extremes of the pricing spectrum? Yeah, I mean, I'm going right back to the well here with this magic. I think that uh, he has basically been a super saiyan this year uh, as a quarterback. The the numbers have been staggering. He's been way better than Jameis Winston. He's produced massive fantasy totals in pretty much every start this year. Had 26 points last week against. Carolina. Now he gets a Washington defense that I don't think too highly of. Uh, and he's only 5,900. Um, the Tampa's defense is still bad. I would still expect Fitzpatrick to have to throw. And he has an amazing core of weapons. I just don't think you can really go wrong here with Fitzpatrick. He's you know priced up to 5,900. But I think that last week, we pretty much all agreed that he was just obviously priced too low. I think that this price is maybe still a little cheap. Uh, but you know, at worst, I would say it's just right. So I, I like uh, Fitzpatrick this week. Yeah, it's it's hard not to agree with you. I mean, Fitzpatrick has basically just lit it up whenever he's been in the lineup. And and one thing that helps is that they have like zero running game at all, especially near the goal line. Like it feels like every time Tampa Bay scores this season, it's a passing touchdown. So that's obviously good for quarterbacks, right? Like if they can't run it in and they're scoring points, then the quarterback has to do it. And the matchup is is better this week against Washington than it was last week. So I agree 100%. Um, I do think if you want to spend up a little bit, you can go with Aaron Rodgers at 6,400. Um, he's got the second highest projected plus minus in our models, trailing only Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, and he just seems too cheap to me at 6,400. He didn't exactly crush against the Patriots last week, but uh, I think that, you know, historically... The same thing I said last week. If you get Aaron Rodgers at 6,400 and you told me that a year or two ago, I would be all in. So uh, I kind of like that price tag for him against Miami, who is just a pedestrian team. Yeah, Miami bottom five and net yards per attempt allowed. So uh, definitely a good spot for Rodgers. And I don't really think that like the Geronimo Allison injury really matters. Like I kind of think like anyone that's not Devontae Adams is kind of just a guy. Oh. Uh. I, I well, I agree with that, but I I like Marcus Valdez Scanling. I think he's honestly better than Geronimo Allison. He's got speed. Can't coach that. Can't coach speed. Um. All right. Anybody you're interested in here in guaranteed prize pools? Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I think that this is uh, another uh, evenly dispersed week at quarterback. Uh, certainly, I'm going to consider my son Baker Mayfield against Atlanta. Uh, their defense has been egregious this year. Uh, you mentioned Alex Smith. I think that he's a decent option. I think I, I might avoid him just because of the injuries up front on the offensive line. Right. Uh, losing both guards. Uh, but I think Andy Dalton's a good play against the Saints. And, uh, you know, obviously Drew Brees is a good play. Even on the road, I think that, uh, you know, Brees and this offense can still score. Uh, both of the, both defenses in that game are, uh, allowing within the top four opponent plus minus this year at quarterback. So I think we can see a lot of scoring in that matchup. Yeah. I want to throw Phillip rivers into the mix too. Sure. <laughs> um, I mean, when you're giving up three touchdowns and basically a perfect QB rating to Nick Mullins, uh, I think that it's not going out on a big limb to say that Phillip rivers could have a nice game here. 
Um, you know, Oakland basically looks like they've just officially quit on their season. So, uh, I like Phillip Rivers and, you know, we talked kind of last week about the Keenan Hallen second half breakout and how it happens virtually every year, even though we don't understand it started last week. So uh, I like that as a little GPP stack. If you want to go in that direction. Yeah, how many touchdowns is Nick Mullins thrown against the Giants on Monday, right? <laughs> <laughs> I actually uh, like the Giants in that game. We'll, we'll talk about that on our Laying the Points podcast, which you can also check out. All right, let's hop over to running back. We've got Todd Gurley up at the top again at 9,400. Um, mentioned it at the top, but a little bit of a dis- disappointing performance. Failed to hit salary-based expectations for the first time this season. Um, had only 13 carries and six catches. The Saints overall, I think, just did a pretty good job on him. So do you like him to bounce back this week against Seattle? They're playing uh, in L.A., and Gurley had a great week against Seattle in Seattle the first time they met this season. So do you see any reason not to go right back to him at 9,400? Yeah, I mean, you got to go back to Gurley. Like Even last week where it's a quote-unquote bad week, uh, still basically had 20 DraftKings points. I mean, the, the, you just can't beat the floor that Gurley offers. Uh, I don't necessarily expect him to score three touchdowns again like he did the first time against Seattle, but, you know, very reliable receiving production. You know he's going to get volume of carries. Uh, I love Gurley. I always do. Yeah, I think that it's sort of the same thing for me as it was last week. Like, I really want him in cash games just because the floor is so great. But I don't think that you need to play him in tournaments. I mean, basically fading him last week gave you a huge leg up on the field. Um, the Seahawks have been good against opposing running backs. Uh, you know, Gurley has a, a difficult matchup according to the Fantasy Labs models. So I don't think he's by any means a, a must play. But if you can afford him, it's never a bad idea. Let's talk some of these other high-priced options. You've got Melvin Gordon at 9K. Alvin Kamara, 8,700. Kareem Hunt at 8,500, who has just been fantastic recently. Do any of those guys tickle your fancy? Oh, I like the verbiage there. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Melvin Gordon is someone you have to consider. Last week, he saw a really high snap count, over over 80%. We haven't seen him do that in a while. Uh, You know, your boy Austin Eckler had really been siphoning a bunch of the load there, but you know, Gordon got it done last week, and I think that he's finally healthy. And as long as he's healthy, he's going to get a ton of carries. Uh, he's gone over 100 yards in three of the last games. Three of the last four games that he's played, he's got five rushing touchdowns in three, uh, you know, in his last three games. Uh, and you mentioned Oakland quitting. I mean, Oakland is terrible. So, uh, <laughs> you know, the Chargers has 10-point favorites. Uh, definitely like Gordon here. I think of that group. I mean, I you know, Kamara is, is more appropriately priced now at 8,700. I don't think he's going to score three touchdowns every week, obviously. Um, and I, you know, I just I just don't really love the Chiefs in general this week against Arizona. Uh, you know, Hunt I think again is one of these guys that's like a little touchdown dependent. Like he's been scoring touchdowns because the offense has been so incredible, specifically through the air. I mean, he scored a receiving touchdown in four straight games. Uh, I just don't really see that continuing and I think kind of once the receiving work is less productive we're going to see the bottom fall out of uh, out of Hunt for a little bit yeah I totally agree with that uh I I love Gordon I mean I want as many pieces of this Chargers offense as I can get this week and like the one knock on him has always been that he just is not that efficient as a runner 
But that really hasn't been the case this week. I mean, if you go through his game log, he's had at least 5.3 yards per attempt in four of his last five weeks, including 7.1 last week against Seattle, who I mentioned was pretty good in terms of run defense. So if he can mix in some efficiency, we know the volume is there. You know, like he's super involved in the rushing game and the receiving game. He has huge touchdown upside. Like, I really like Gordon this week. And uh, I think the fact that he's only $400 cheaper than Gurley will definitely result in lower ownership for him. I agree. All right, let's go value. Who are some uh, some value options that you're looking at, Anthony? I mean, I love Deion Lewis this week, uh, all the way down under 5K. Uh, just really seems to be dominating the snaps right now for Tennessee. I mean, coming off. Of a bye week, he played 59 out of 70 snaps, saw 19 carries, and had four targets. I mean, he had the receiving touchdown. I don't necessarily think that that's bankable, obviously, but I think that it, I think that the workload seems reasonable. It doesn't really seem like the team loves Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, and New England is a team that you can beat in the passing game with running backs. Their linebackers are definitely the worst part of their defense. So, really like Deion Lewis this week at 4,600. I think he's I think he's probably like the best value play overall on the board this week and someone that you, you need to play if you want to get like the girly types in your lineup. You like him better than Mark Ingram at 4,500? I do, but I like Ingram as well. So if you, if you want to talk about him, I won't, I won't disagree. No, I mean, I, I, I think I agree with you. I mean, I like both. I think you can certainly play both. Um, but the production that Lewis has given you these last three times he's be- he's played has or two times sorry has been excellent and i don't understand the marking or the derrick henry thing like i just don't get it why they're not using him or like why he exists like i don't like either <laughs> <laughs> like in, at least in the past he was like the number two guy to demarco murray and he was like explosive and it's just not there this year so like yeah. i i don't get it i think all those I, alabama touches man they're probably catching up Plus, like, new coaching staff, like, that, you know, the coaching staff came in, and then they immediately signed Deion Lewis. Like, right. They might just not like Derrick Henry. It's possible. Um, how do you feel about the Seattle guys if Chris Carson is unable, or, uh, yeah, if Chris Carson's unable to go? I mean, I will never play a Seattle running back in DFS. Like, I just, <laughs> I just won't do it. Bill, uh, Bill Belichick. Friggin, uh, uh, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. What the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> Pete Carroll is like just playing the shell game all the time at running back. Uh, now he's saying that Procise might be in the mix again this week. Like, uh, but Procise, Mike Davis, Rashad Penny. Like, oh my gosh, just make up your freaking mind, or just go back in time and don't draft Rashad Penny in the first round. Like, I, I just don't really understand what they're doing, uh, especially as ten point underdogs. Uh, I, I will not be rostering a Seattle running back. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that that you can look at is that Mike Davis did have eight targets last week. Um, so if they are down, that could be, you know, a good game script for him. But not if ProSize is active. So, you right. know, you would have to think he's the best receiving back on the team. Um, but, yeah, the the whole Rashad You would think thing. that. You would think <laughs> that. But, but it never seems to matter with Pete Carroll. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's... Uh, I agree. That's probably a situation you just want to avoid. All right. Talk to me about GPPs, Anthony. I'd love to talk to you about GPPs, Matt. Um, I think Ingram's a GPP play. I think he's the ideal GPP play this week. Uh, 4,500. He hasn't been this cheap since October of last season. Uh, he has 
historically been excellent in these spots, uh, you know, in terms of like the sub 5K price, you know, even dating back to, you know, pre Kamara, uh, you know, Ingram's always really been in a timeshare. So I'm not really sure that uh, the Kamara situation in particular should stand out to us as being unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, la- last week, Ingram finally started seeing, you know, more work in the red zone. He saw double the percentage of red zone carries, double the percentage of carries inside the five uh, that he had seen the previous two games coming off the bye. Uh, so it's possible that they're trying to get him a little more involved. I mean, obviously Kamara has done the scoring, uh, but I certainly could see that kind of flipping back to Ingram this week, particularly against a Bengals team that is uh, worse than the league in terms of DraftKings points allowed to opposing running backs this season. Yeah, I mean, we, we've we talked about this in the past with the Saints, right? Like, they try to attack what your biggest weakness is. So it would not shock me at all if Mark, Mark Ingram had you know, argue his largest workload of the season. So mm-hmm. I like that call quite a bit. Uh, I also want to go right back to the um, Tariq Cohen bandwagon. Sure. I know he had a rough week last week, but that's dropped his price to 5,500. And uh, I love Tariq Cohen. I want as much Tariq Cohen as I can humanly get. The game script last week was just awful for him, really for the past two weeks. Against the Bills, they had that game wrapped up like, in the drop of a hat same with the jets but cohen was able to sort of salvage his fantasy stock by catching a uh a a long touchdown i don't necessarily think this game against the lions should be the same way you know they at least have the capability to fight back if you put them in a hole with matt stafford so that should lead to a more involvement i think for Tariq cohen and we know what he can do when he gets touches so i think he's a really strong play and I love James White again this week. Uh, that might be more of a cash game play than a GPP play, but I think you can play him in all formats. Uh, if Sony Michelle is active to me, that's basically irrelevant. White is the guy, you know, that you want in their backfield. He does everything. He scored two on the ground last week, which is a rarity for him, but, you know, that's, that's the beauty of his game is that if the Pats are playing that hurry up offense, He's on the field, right? So if they go no huddle and they're near the goal line, he's going to be the guy that's in there getting the ball. So it doesn't worry me that Sony Michelle could be back. And his work in the passing game is just unrivaled at the running back position. So uh, I love James White. I think that he's a really safe play at 7,300. And I think he's got some upside as well. Yeah, it's a good call, Matt. And uh, I want to mention Leonard Fournette because I think that He's going to go completely under the radar. I mean, Labs has him as 5 to 8%, but I really think he's going to end up in that sub-5% category this week once yeah. all the content has kind of been digested. Uh, and, you know, I know Fournette has missed a bunch of time, but the price is also really nice, 6300 uh, Fournette owns a plus 7.35 plus minus and a 75% consistency rating when priced at $7,000 or less, according to Fantasy Labs. And, you know, I really just don't think that they'd put him out there coming off the buy if he's ha- if he wasn't healthy, I mean, they just traded for Carlos Hyde like a month ago. Um, you know, they have their contingency plans in place, so really no reason to play Fournette unless he's healthy. So if he's healthy, uh, which you know we practice in full today, so I imagine he is. Uh, I think he's a good play. I mean, I think sixty three hundred is just way too cheap. Totally agree. Uh, one last guy I think we should maybe talk about is Tevin Coleman. He had a nice week last week and now has another great matchup against the Browns. Do you like Tevin Coleman at all? Uh, I'm probably not going to Tevin this week. I mean, I, I definitely see all the reasons that 
that you would, uh, especially coming off of a good week. But uh, there's just other running backs in this pricing tier that I like better. I mean, I like Cohen better, who you already mentioned. Um, and I really like Aaron Jones this week yeah. uh, as a 10-point home favorite against the Dolphins. So I think those guys are probably going to soak up a lot of my exposure in that salary area. Uh, so as a result, I will probably not have much, uh, if any, Tevin Coleman. All right. Before we move on to wide receivers, I want to challenge all of you to join our special listeners league on DraftKings. Uh, last week it was 35 people, but it filled up before Saturday night. So we may increase the size this week, but it's going to be $5. Uh, it, it'll probably pay out the top five spots. We might increase that depending on how large we go, but that's what we've been doing. Uh, if you think you can take us down and there's no reason to believe you can't, Check out our Twitter feeds at Matt LaMarca, at Amixta, and at Matt Jones TFR to find the link. We'll be tweeting it out all weekend. And seats could potentially fill up fast, so make sure to check that out as soon as possible. All right, let's go to the wide receiver position. No Adam Thielen this week. No Antonio Brown on the main slate. No Odell Beckham Jr. So it's a little bit of a thin week at receiver. Uh, at the top, you've got guys like Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, and Devontae Adams. Uh, any of those three guys sticking out to you, or is there someone else in this you know, 7K range that you like more? I mean, I'm going to keep rolling out Michael Thomas until he punches me in the face and tells me to stop playing him. I mean, <laughs> uh, by the way, he has me blocked on Twitter, so I mean, I feel like I got to earn some, I got to earn some grace back. Really? But uh, yeah, just you know, I didn't like him as a prospect. You know, right, I'm pretty right, right, about right, that right, stuff. Right. So yeah. Anyway, uh, Michael Thomas, uh, he's been excellent. I mean, uh, a, a plus eighty five percent catch rate is just absolutely insane. And like, if you watch the games, I hate to be that guy, but like, if you watch the games, it's not like these are all like six yard slants that he's catching. Like, a lot of these, some of these balls are like really contested, and he's coming down with them. I mean, the guy has just been excellent. Uh, top ten in weighted opportunity rating. Uh, the guy really does it all. I mean, coming off of the, uh, 42 point explosion, he's not going to, you know, you're not going to uh, sneak up on anybody with him, but just 8,100. I mean, I feel yeah. like the $500 price increase really isn't enough. Like he was just that, uh, you know, low price last week. I really feel like he should be kind of closer to nine K, uh, because he's securing so many catches at such a high rate, uh, you know, second in DraftKings fantasy points per game this season, only to Thielen. So I feel like he should be closer priced to Thielen, that 8700 area. Uh, so I think you're still getting a discount here. I like him a lot. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think some people might be scared off, you know, because they're not in the Dome. But nah, uh, fuck the Dome. Yeah, I think that that's largely blown out of proportion. I mean, he's just underpriced. So get him in there in all formats. Uh, and also, I'm, I'm honestly not super surprised that he blocked you on Twitter. Because Fantasy Labs wrote an article in the offseason about how he was Drew Brees' uh, best receiver ever that he's played with, and he liked it. So this guy is, is <laughs> he clearly he's clearly met, uh, following his mentions on Twitter. So Hey, well, listen, I'm happy everything worked out, Michael. I never, I doubted you, but I was never rooting against you. So just, just know that. You call him Michael Thomas the lesser, right? Yeah, some some crap like that. I don't know. I, that's when I was like a Matt Kelly fan, so don't play me. Right, because there were two Michael Thomases that year. Uh, anyway, let's talk some uh, some some cheaper options or some mid range options. Who are some other people that you're looking at specifically for cash games? Uh, I mean, I love Corey Davis this week. Uh, I mean, I, I just love Corey Davis, like a guy that I me that too. I really liked at a prospect. 
But uh, 4,500, I mean, obviously, uh, the fact that they played the primetime game, we didn't have that affect his uh, price at all. Uh, 10 targets in that Monday Night Football game against Dallas. I really think that he is, you know, again, the the lead receiver in Tennessee. And, and some of these other options are a little banged up. Taewon Taylor didn't practice today. Tajay Sharp was limited. Uh, so I really just don't think that they have anyone else in the passing game to go to. Uh, New England's corners have been really good, but you know they've been really exceptional against deep passes. That's not really Davis's game this year. I mean, mostly because it's not really Mariota's game. Uh, but I kind of think that in this game with uh, Tennessee presumably trailing, uh, they are going to have to throw, and I would expect Corey Davis to be the recipient of many of those throws. Yeah, I like Davis a lot. You know, it's hard not to like that target share. It's just forty five hundred. Uh, are you willing to go back to either of the Lions guys against a tough Chicago defense? Yeah, I, I kind of think you have to. I mean, I, we don't see any price bump here. Like, I don't really see what has changed between this week and last week. I, I guess Minnesota's defense isn't as good as Chicago's. Uh, but, I mean, again, Golden Tate vacated close to 30% of the targets in this offense. Um, last week, Jones was the guy who came out ahead. Uh, Galladay only had four targets. Jones had eight. So I would lean more towards Marvin Jones. I mean, that's two weeks in a row where Jones has, you know, really significantly out targeted Galladay. Uh, and especially with Tate not there, I think that that's significant. Uh, so I'm going to play Marvin Jones. Uh, you know, the Chicago corners are good. The Chicago defense is good. Uh, but I still think that Detroit uh, is going to be able to throw. I mean, I, feel, I still believe in Matt Stafford and I just, I believe in volume. And that's why I believe in Marvin Jones. Yeah, I think like you said Jones is the preferred target of the two and they're now they're now priced, you know, in that way. Jones is more expensive than Galladay when it was the opposite last week. So, I actually think Galladay could be a really interesting buyback target for GPPs because we know that once people are somewhat burned by someone, they're much more hesitant to play him the following week even though he's cheaper and it's the same, you know, it's the same spot essentially. So, if we still think that he's going to see increased target volume with Kenny with uh, Golden Tate not in the picture anymore, well, that should still happen this week, right? But now you're going to get him at you know sub ten percent ownership instead of twenty plus. So I think that Jones is the safer target, but I think Galladay will probably check in with lower ownership and might be the more appealing uh, tournament play. Sure. Um, who else are you looking at at the receiver position? I mean, your boy Keenan Allen, I think, is uh, um must to be in play this week you mentioned the the bounce back stats but I mean you know really any time that Philip Rivers is in line to smash Keenan Allen is if you look at uh, you know for their respective careers you know any game that in games that Rivers has hit the 300 yard passing marker Keenan Allen is averaging 103 yards receiving just really sick numbers uh, and uh, you know again the second half thing like I, I guess it's noise I mean I don't know like uh, the math person in me is like it doesn't make sense but uh, this kind of feels like maybe it's a thing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Keenan Allen just doesn't. Maybe the joints are a little tight and uh, they loosen up towards the end of the year. I don't know. But uh, he's been really good, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of just roll with that. Uh, you know, if I'm trying to be uh, a little more cost effective, um, you know, I look down the salary scale and I think that. Uh, oh, sorry, I thought I cut out there for a second. Um, I, I think Adam Humphreys is again a guy that you can go to. Uh, Thirty nine hundred. Again, not going to sneak up on anybody, but at least eight targets in three weeks. I feel like he's done uh, three straight weeks. I feel like he's done that pretty quietly. Uh, the two touchdowns last week stand out, but you know, again, another low A dot, high catch percentage player. Um, you know, and if you're just talking about 
uh, matchup, if we're anticipating maybe Mike Evans being shadowed or otherwise mostly covered by Josh Norman, uh, the slot becomes wide open. And we saw that that, uh, you know, was a, a matchup that Tampa exploited last weekend against Carolina. So I could see something similar happening this week with Humphreys uh, against Washington. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Uh, I love the Keenan Allen call, obviously. I have a theory, you know, he, he loves playing with those long sleeves. So maybe he just does better when the weather gets a little colder. You know, maybe he's a little too hot when the season starts. He's a sleeves guy. <laughs> Do you think there's any validity to that? I think that we're going to have to go back and uh, run this through the models and back test it. And, you know, we'll get back to the listeners next week. <laughs> um, I think Marquez Valdez Scantling will be another, you know, popular play. Do you think he's interesting at 5K? Yeah, I mean, he's fine. Like, I, I much preferred him, obviously, when he was like, 3,200 or whatever he yeah, was. Yeah, like, yeah. He had touchdowns. Uh, I mean, 5K is reasonable. Valdez-Scantling has been good this year when he's been given his opportunities. We already saw that uh, Allison is on injured reserve. And, you know, Randall Cobb just seems kind of done. Uh, Scantling has gone over 100 yards in two of the last three weeks. That's with a couple of these guys, you know, coming back from injury. Uh, played 60 of 74 snaps last weekend against the Patriots. Uh, we know that Miami can get beat pretty much anywhere on the field. So uh, Scantling, I'm not sure I like him as necessarily a cash play, uh, and he could end up being quite popular there. But I think in tournaments is somewhere uh, maybe I'd be a little more likely to play him. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do agree that he's more of a tournament-type play, but I just think that given the ownership, he's probably going to be a fade for me. You know, I, I don't like targeting. It's the same thing like with Cortland Sutton last week. Like, is it a good spot? Probably, but I just don't like to eat the chalk uh, with guys that I don't think are like a lock to smash. Like I like to eat the chalk at running back where it's much more predictive than at a position like wide receiver. Uh, any other wide receivers you want to mention before we move on to the tight end position? Uh, no, I'm good. Let's roll. All right. Tight ends it is. Uh, up at the top, Travis Kelsey checks in at 7K. Rob Gronkowski, the next most expensive option at just 5600 Pretty crazy. Uh, you interested in either of those two guys for cash games, and what are you doing with them in GPPs? Yeah, I mean, I'm always interested in Kelsey at this point. Like, he's just the clear class of the position, especially with Ertz. Not on the main slate and playing on Sunday night. Uh, I mean, Kelsey is just like an auto smash. Uh, no walk-ins this week. I think we can safely assume that more targets will go to Kelsey. Uh, and he's just, I mean, he's just so consistent. I know that he had the two touchdowns this past week, but you know, tw- uh, 29, 20, 14 and a half, 11, 18, 21, 22, like the guy just never has a bad week. Um, now that I said that, he'll, he'll have like a four target two catch game. No, I um, don't think even you can jinx him right now. No, yeah. <laughs> Not even my stink is enough to bring down Travis Kelsey. Uh, so I think that he's, a, he's a play and, and at seven K at a position where a lot of people traditionally like to spend down. I don't really think his ownership's ever going to get like too exorbitant yeah. where you have to avoid him in tournaments. So I really like him. Uh, Gronk has really worried me. I'm sure that at some point the like, fuck you, three touchdown game is going to happen, but uh, it might not happen. I mean, <laughs> the, the <laughs> Patriots have been really content to just use Gronk as a blocker, uh, not really throw him a ton of passes, kind of just keep him healthy for the playoffs and, uh, you know, let the boy Josh Gordon kind of spread his wings. So uh, I'm. I'm not positive I want to have zero Gronk at that price tag and projected ownership, but I don't think he's going to be like a top play for me. Yeah, the contrarian in me wants to just say it's Gronk time, 
but you know, given what has transpired with him, he may just be washed. Like it's possible. It's possible. Uh, apparently, Bill Belichick wanted to get rid of him in the off season and got overridden by management. Yeah, that's usually a red flag. Yeah. So uh, I, I agree. Like Kelsey, to me, is just the clear better play of the two. I know you have to pay more, but his ceiling projection and his floor project, like every projection that he has. Is just so much better than every other player at the position. Um, all right, let's let's move down the pricing spectrum a little bit. Who are some other guys that you like for cash games? I mean, I like Trey Burton down at thirty nine hundred against Detroit. Uh, hasn't had like exceptional volume. Like this is kind of similar, I guess, to the Rudolph play last week. Like the volume hasn't been great, but you know, Allen Robinson has been kind of banged up. Uh, the matchup is pretty good, uh, and just like it's really hard to find a good tight end under 4k at this point. Uh, so I think that Burton as a result becomes a good play. Uh, also kind of like CJ Azoma, if we can get confirmation that he is healthy, I'd love to see a full practice at some point by the end of the week. But you know, with AJ green out 26% of the targets become available. Uh, and I think that Azoma is the most likely recipient of like a big target bump. He really, he really hasn't been used a ton this year, but he's been effective when he has been used. So I kind of feel like they need to get him more involved. I like him to see a target bump over guys like, you know, John Ross. Yeah, I think that Burton is a solid cash game option. Uh, The Uzama play, um, that might be more of like a tournament thing for me. Just because I don't... uh, But again, like I get your point with Green being out that that opens up a lot of targets. Uh, And the Browns stink. Or I'm sorry, he's not playing the Browns. The Falcons are playing the Browns. Yeah, he's playing Detroit. Or no, sorry, he's playing uh, the Saints. <laughs> the Saints. The Saints have not stunk on defense. So uh, I like Burton the best of those two, priced similarly. Um, what do you think about the Indianapolis tight ends? Because I think both of those guys are somewhat appealing. It's a tough matchup against Jacksonville. Uh, you know, Doyle has been the guy getting the volume since he's come back, but Ebron just scores every week. So, like, I kind of like Ebron at 3500 yeah, I mean, Ebron even got uh, frisky against the boy Jamal Adams. Seven targets, four catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown. So, I mean, if he can do that against Jamal Adams, uh, I kind of believe that he can do that against anybody. So, uh, I, and, you know, listen, I think that Andrew Luck just prefers those underneath targets so much that it's really hard to keep them out. Uh, we know that T.Y. Hilton is going to carry Jalen Ramsey kind of all over the field. And... Uh, I mean, you can't cover both tight ends with the same player, right? So the fact that they have really good safety play, uh, you know, that's one guy against two guys. So pick one, you know, pick your poison. And I think that uh, either of those indie tight ends has a chance to go off this week. Uh, let's switch over to tournaments. I really like Jared Cook. Uh, I think this is a nice opportunity to kind of buy low on him. Fantasy Labs hasn't projected for 9 to 12% ownership. I'd be pretty shocked if he came in with that much after you know, a two-target, two-catch performance last week with the Raiders looking so bad. But if this team has any pride left, they have to show it this week, right? Like, you can't just go get embarrassed on national TV and roll over and die. Like, I mean, I guess you can. (laughs) But these are still professional football players. You know, like, just because John Gruden may not care about this season anymore... These players still have to, you know, prove to future employers that they can play football. So I don't think the players will necessarily 
you know, have as bad of a performance as they had last week against San Fran. It's just not humanly possible for that to happen. Uh, and I think that Cook should see a bigger target share. Obviously, now with Amari Cooper gone, he had four catches for 74 yards and a touchdown against the Colts two weeks ago. Um, I think that that's like a maybe on the higher side of a projection for him, but I certainly think he has a bigger ceiling even than that, as we've seen from some of his earlier games in the year. So uh, am I crazy for liking Jared Cook and wanting any piece of this Raiders offense? I don't think that you're crazy if you assume rational coaching. I just don't <laughs> assume rational coaching. Like I, First of all, I don't fucks with Duran, Duran James. Like I just think that dude is sick. Um, not really looking to get a part of a matchup you know, in terms of number one DVOA against tight ends. Um, but, I mean, Cook, seven targets in two weeks without Amari Cooper. Like, I really would have expected that number to be a lot higher. Cross that mm-hmm. last week off. Why? Because they stopped playing at halftime, basically. You know, mm-hmm. like, I felt like they were just, like, running the clock out, basically, in the start of the third quarter. Well, he's tied with Jordy Nelson and Brandon LaFell with seven targets. Your target leader for Oakland with 12 is Jalen Richard. Um, so I, I just don't really like the spot overall. Like I really just, I don't trust Oakland to do the right thing. Like I, I think sure, like we should be flexing cook into the slot. We should be moving him all over the place. We should be getting him active. Uh, but I just don't really trust Oakland to do that. And I really just don't want to expose myself to a guy matched up with Derwin James at possibly decent ownership. I mean, I think I agree that he's probably lower ultimately than the labs projection, but I, uh, I don't know. I, it just doesn't really feel like, like the right move for me. Man, we've come full circle. You used to love Jared Cook, yep. and I was like the staunchest Jared Cook hater that there was. But I'm in on him now. I, I really feel like if not for playing for a bad Oakland team, he'd be a pretty good tight end. Yeah, I mean, the guy has almost exclusively played for bad coaches. <laughs> um, Any other tight ends you're considering for GPPs? Uh, I mean, it's pretty much a no for me like uh, oj howard has been awesome but i think 5300 is just too too pricey um yeah can't bank on two touchdowns every single week right exactly and uh, you know the rest of the guys are kind of just uninspiring to me uh maybe if you want like full punt with like nick vanette or someone like that like a guy that's really cheap and maybe has a chop to score uh i could buy that but i would say for the most part i am just gonna try to play the studs i want i want kelsey I want uh, Colts guys, and uh, I want Burton and Zoma. And I think that's kind of where I'm going to live. I might sprinkle in some Njoku versus the Falcons if he's active. Uh, the fact that he's been limited at practice is obviously a little bit scary. But, you know, 4200 his price has come down, you know, about $500 since its peak. And he still is pretty involved in the passing game. Um, you know, he had that weird zero target game two weeks ago, but... Ugh. five targets last week against the Chiefs and then six, 12, and 11 the three weeks prior. So uh, I think that he is still pretty involved and that the Falcons are obviously a juicy matchup. So uh, I might look to him if, if he is in the lineup. All right, let's talk defenses. Um, if, if Nathan Peterman is starting, I mean, do we have any read on that situation at this point? Like, who do we know who's starting for Buffalo or is it still kind of up in the air? I mean, I can pretty much guarantee that it won't be Derek Anderson. Right. Um, but Josh Allen got in a limited practice today. He did get a limited practice in uh, last week and then didn't play. So it's possible that he still doesn't play, I would say. Uh, I would say that Josh Allen is probably like a minus 120 favorite here to start uh, Nathan Peterman, a small dog. Okay. 
Well, if Peterman does start, is there any way you're not playing the Jets? Uh, I mean, in cash, yeah. I mean, just because I just I will find a way to play like the cheapest defense possible. But uh, yeah, I mean, you have to have some exposure in tournaments. Obviously, like we've seen what Peterman can do. Like I, Peterman is just like the outlier that proves all rules. Like <laughs> everyone, like I, all the smart people are like, no, like he's gonna regress. Like, there's no way he can throw this many picks for this long. There's no way he can throw this many pick sixes. Listen, sometimes a guy is just the worst. And uh, extreme outliers happen. And I think Peterman is just one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, if Peterman is in the lineup again, the first thing I'm doing is putting the Jets defense in my cash team. I'm just not making that mistake again. Like, obviously Chicago is good defensively, but... They just absolutely rolled last week. (laughs) Like, they had, what, four turnovers? Maybe more? Yeah, it was insane. And a touchdown. Like, I I really feel like every start he's made, he's given at least seven points to the opposing defense. And I'm just not making that mistake again. Like, if Nathan Peterman is in, I'm playing the opposing defense against him. Full stop moving forward. If he's not in, then I will have to look at some of these cheaper options. Uh, Like, maybe the New England Patriots, Anthony? I I give up with that. I mean, the the Titans are allowing over 10% sack rate which is just uh, absolutely incredible. Um, certainly, Marcus Mariota is no stranger to turnovers, uh, as much as that hurts me to say. Uh, so, yeah, I can get I can get frisky. I can get down with uh, New England. All right. Who are some other uh, options that you're eyeing? I really like Tampa this week. Uh, and I know that that is weird because Tampa is uh, probably the, the worst defense in football, maybe one of the worst five <laughs> defenses in football. But I just really like the price going up against an offensive line that just lost two starting guards. Right. And, you know, Alex Smith really hasn't been great this year. He's been solid, but they haven't had to be in a lot of spots to ask him to win games uh, outside maybe last week when they had the big deficit against uh, Atlanta. So I kind of think that this is just a good sack matchup for Tampa Bay. And, you know, again, at 2K, they just don't have to do a lot. You know, if we're talking cash, I just I love the salary savings that they provide. Um, and I think that like Washington isn't really a threat to score, you know, 25 or 30 points. Like, I don't think there's going to be like a lot of, a lot of minuses coming. I just think that we're looking to get as many sacks as we can, If we get a turnover or something like that. And, you know, we really make bank, but you know, I think like six points from Tampa this week feels like a, a decent bet. And I, with, with how defense goes, I'll take six points at 2k and just try to load up, uh, at the other spots in my lineup. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, we only have them projected for 2.1 sacks at Fantasy Labs, but that probably doesn't take the Washington offensive line injuries into account. So if that number goes up, then yeah, Tampa becomes a really good play at 2K. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Any GPP defenses that you like? I mean, you can go to the opposite side of the the Jets matchup and and play Buffalo, but uh, I do have respect for Josh McCown. Worth noting, of course, that if McCown uh, were to suffer his uh, his usual injury mid-game, uh, <laughs> you know, we do not have Sam Darnold coming off the bench. We do not have uh, Teddy Bridgewater. We have uh, I don't even know who we have anymore. I mean, I, I have to like literally look this up. Like that's how bad the Jets quarterback situation is right now. So let's uh, have some good radio here while I uh, talk over me googling this because it wasn't on, it wasn't even on Rolls Royce. They didn't even have a third quarterback. Gordon <laughs> Outlads. So, I mean, we see if Stan Darnold goes, if uh, Josh McCown goes, I'm sure they'll sign someone. Yeah. But if Josh McCown goes down, 
I mean, uh, who even plays quarterback? Sharon Peak? You know, like I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. So yeah, they don't have Terrell Pryor anymore. So yeah, so I'm, I'm down. Yeah, they will rue the day they cut Terrell Pryor. <laughs> um, yo, shout out to the New York Jets not having emergency quarterbacks because I'll never forget Tom Tupa, the punter. Oh my gosh. Having to finish a game at quarterback for the Jets and, and like lighting it up. Like he almost led them to a win. For real, like if you're listening to this and you don't know what I'm talking about, go Google Tom Tupa quarterback game. It was <laughs> a, uh, it was a fun one. So uh, yeah, I think that that's interesting. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't bank on a quarterback injury. No, of course not. But, but I'm just saying like it's, it's, it's just something to, to think about, you know? Uh, Rams, by the way, as a 10 point favorite, yeah. 2,400, like that just sticks out like a sore thumb to me. That's I, where I was going. I kind of feel like they might end up, I maybe not like the chalk defense, but I think they have to be one of the higher own. Like how many people are just going to look at 10 point favorite, 2,400 and just plug them in. Right. Like I don't, I feel like that has to be a thing. Yeah. I mean, there are other big favorites, but like right. you said, they are all, you know, pretty significantly more expensive. So yeah, maybe that is the way that people go. I think they I think people look at totals more than they look at spreads though. Yeah, that's fair. Big total in that game. Right. So, we'll see what happens. Um I think defense this week is pretty interesting. No like one option stands out as super chalky unless we get Nathan Peterman in which case the Jets should be 100% owned in all formats. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the Millie Maker specials. Uh, Anthony, give me a low owned play this week. You know, less than 5%, ideally one to two type of guy that you think could be in the winning millionaire maker lineup. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is so tough because I think that a lot of the plays that I love this week are like on the cusp of that. Uh, so I'm going to go back. I'm going to say Leonard Fournette. I mean, I, like I said, I do believe he's going to end up sub 5% this week. Um, I think that he has tournament winning upside. I think that he has multi touchdown upside. Uh, obviously, as a presumed workhorse, I really don't care about Carlos Hyde. I know that uh, the team traded a fifth-round draft pick for him, but what a dumb uh, trade! Yeah, just a classic <laughs> bad trade from a bad team. Like I, I don't really think that I don't really think it matters. I mean, Hyde was like splitting work with T.J. Yeldon. I really doubt that he's gonna take uh, anything of significance away from uh, from Leonard Fournette, and that goes double for T.J. Yeldon because if you trade for Carlos Hyde to take work from you you are obviously bad as well yeah that was a that was one of our first like big fantasy debates i shouldn't say first because we've been doing this since like middle school but <laughs> i remember in that draft class i loved carlos hyde and you loved bishop sankey Ugh. and uh you know i guess i won that but we both really lost yeah i mean half <laughs> the fantasy community is drunk right now because we mentioned bishop sankey so <laughs> Uh, I'm going back to somebody that you kind of brought up early in the show. Uh, he has a questionable designation at the moment, but if he plays, I like me some Robbie Anderson at 3,800. Oh, yeah, sexy. And I think that's a legit 1% type of play. Um, Buffalo is not an ideal matchup, but Robbie Anderson was like a legit top 15 wide receiver last year with Josh McCown in the lineup. We know he's got big play potential. Um, his numbers have really been hurt this year by playing with Captain Checkdown Sam Darnold. But, you know, I think McCown will be much more willing to air it out. And as long as Anderson is on the field and he's healthy enough to play, I think he has the potential to score, you know, one long touchdown, maybe even multiple. So 
I think he's going to be a, a nice low-owned pivot away from some of the chalkier receivers in that, you know, 39, 4K range like uh, Adam Humphreys, for example. All right, let's talk some bold calls. Uh, I almost hit mine last week, although my call was like mildly bold. It wasn't really that bold. I said that uh, Cortland Sutton would have eight fantasy points or fewer, and he had 8.6. But again, oh, that's like a I, win. I've had bolder takes than that on this. So, uh, Anthony, why don't you go ahead and give me a uh, a bold prediction here? Yeah, I mean, uh, we gave you Michael Thomas last week on this show, and then I promptly didn't play him in cash against you, Matt. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, I guess play the bold call as long as I fade it. But um, I think that I think that a bold call this week is going to be um, to favor Rob Gronkowski. And uh, I don't I don't love the spot. We talked about it before. But I love the price, and uh, I just think that it would be classic Patriots for Gronk to, you know, have his uh, first twenty-point DK game since Week One. So I'm going to take that here. Uh, this is another not so bold bold call because it's really only four players that I'm looking at. But I think the winning lineup on DraftKings this week has zero running backs priced above seventy-five hundred. So we'll throw Joe Mixon in there too. But basically, I think the winning Millie Maker lineup has no Todd Gurley, no Melvin Gordon, no Alvin Kamara, no Kareem Hunt, and no Joe Mixon. I think that is pretty bold. I mean, those guys have produced a lot of scoring this week. I think that's a. I don't think that's semi bold. I think that's bold. All right, I good. I like that. Uh, I think that the there are some really nice running back plays that we mentioned. You know, starting as low as Mark Ingram at like forty five hundred, and working all the way up to James White, who's my boy. Uh, you know, David Johnson, who we didn't really mention, I think is going to have a huge workload this week. You already sure. mentioned Fournette. Like, I think there are a lot of guys in that next tier down that look like smart plays. And I think that the wide receivers at the top this week could be in for some really nice scoring. You know, Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, uh, I, and, and, and Travis Kelsey at tight end. I think that this is a week where you might want to pay up at pass catcher, at least in your tournament lineup. Yeah, I really like that call, Matt. I mean, I think that, like, some weeks the, the stud running backs go off, like last week where we thought, like, a bunch of those guys were underpriced, but now a bunch of those prices have caught up. Right. Um, the stud receivers are in kind of like nut matchups, so I, I like it. I think it's a great call. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of On The Daily. Uh, please be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review the show on iTunes. And remember to check out our special listeners league to try and take us down. Uh, for Matt Jones, who couldn't be here this week, and Anthony Amico, I'm Matt Lamarca. Good luck to you guys this week. Thank you for listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory.
Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory.